Shabbat Shalom. It is Friday, May 8th. We are in week 5 of Present Truth Presented, I Will Bless You podcast. This week we are learning that God is also our Father. Today, episode 30, or day 30, we are going to look at the name of God, God and Father. Psalms 92.1 says, A song for a Shabbat day, a Sabbath day. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, Yahweh, and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. As we have been learning that God has many names, and He has given us those names so that we, His people, can really begin to understand His character, His nature, how He relates to us, and the promises that He has given to us. God's character or his names remained the same throughout all generations. He is fully trustworthy, always powerful, forever loving, and constantly present with us. This week we're looking at the fatherhood of God. God as Father is caring, compassionate, kind, loving, a provider, and one who wants to spend time with us. Our base scripture for the entire seven weeks has been number six. 22 through 27. This week we're looking at it through the voice translation. Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the Israelites by saying, The Eternal One bless and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Eternal lift up His countenance to look upon you and give you peace. In this way they will set my name upon the Israelites and I will bless them. We have seen the word put, pronounce, invoke, and place over the last four weeks. This week, God says, I want to set my name, which that means to bring into a specific state. I believe God wants to bring us into the state of knowing and understanding that He is a loving and caring Father. It means to be granted, to be permitted, to be published, to be uttered, to be assigned. God said, I will bless you with visitation, glory, and fire. I will keep you, and my eye is upon you. My face is upon you. My presence is with you. My favor and grace are being released to you. And he says, I will be gracious to you. I will show you kindness, be merciful, and give you favor. And then this fifth thing that says in this passage of Scripture, I, the Eternal, will lift up my countenance to look upon you. That word countenance means the turning of the face. It means to lift up the eyes or the face upon, to look upon one with distinctive, special, and tender interest. To lift up one's eyes or face means to pay attention. I'm telling you, beloved, God is paying special attention. Abba, Father, is paying special attention to you this week. He's releasing His tender mercies towards you. Psalm 1611 says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence or countenance is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever 
more. It's Friday, so we're looking at the next tribe of the tribe of Israel, the 12 tribes. This week, we're looking at Benjamin. Benjamin first appears on the scene at his birth, which is in Genesis 35, 16-18. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was still some distance to go to Ephraim, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. When she was in severe labor, their midwife said to her, Do not fear, for you will now have another son. And it came about, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. When Rachel was on her deathbed, she named her child Ben-Oni, which means son of sorrow. But Jacob didn't want Benjamin to go through life with an evil or sorrow as his portion, hanging over his head, so to speak. So he renamed him Benjamin, son of my right hand. Benjamin was the youngest son of Jacob and Rachel. He was the full brother of Joseph. The tribe of Benjamin came from him. Benjamin was the only son of Jacob born in the promised land between Bethel and Ephraim. Jacob's blessing over Benjamin was in Genesis 49:27, which reads, Benjamin is a right ravenous wolf. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he devours the prey, and in the evening he divides the spoil. That's speaking of him as a warrior. Moses' blessing over Benjamin in Deuteronomy 33.12 says, Of Benjamin, he said, May the beloved of the Lord dwell in security by him, who shields him all the day, and he dwells between his shoulders. So Benjamin was loved of the Lord, and he was brought into God's security. Some interesting notes about the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, the Benjamin, Benjamites were... Uh, Saul, the first king of Israel, was a Benjamite. And all the Benjamites supported Saul over David. We see that in various passages. Although the Benjamites continued to show some unrest throughout David's reign, 2 Samuel 21 and Psalm 7, most of the tribe remained loyal to the house of David and became part of the southern kingdom of Judah when Israel divided into two nations. Saul of Tarshish, in the New Testament, who became Paul, was a Benjamite. So you can see there that they, there is a great ability for them to hear and to change, to hear the Lord and switch and change from being a killer to being uh, one that God uses mightily. The, the three tribes that were together was Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. These were called the next generation warriors. They were the youngest and smartest tribes. Even though Benjamin was older, Ephraim was the leader of this group. These tribes were not put on the front lines of battle, but they did have a place in the army. Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's sons, but they came to be counted as tribes in Israel and represented the next generation. Benjamin was the seventh tribe that camped and that went out. He was skilled, successful warrior. He knew 
how to use all kinds of weapons, and he was brave in war. Although he could have been useful on the front line, God needed Benjamin with this third group because he needed a skilled warrior to train the next generation. Warfare skills are not picked up by osmosis or even observation. The younger generation needed hands-on training in war tactics and weaponry. This passage was taken from A Time to Advance, page 164, Chuck D. Pierce. I want to read that last phrase. Warfare skills are not picked up by osmosis or even observation. The younger generation needed hands-on training in war tactics and weaponry. I believe all God's children need that as well. The name of God, God and Father. I bless you with the name God and Father. There are 14 references in the New Testament to this phrase, God and Father, or this name of God. God and Father is a name that expresses the place of the Father in the Trinity. Jesus, Yeshua, will one day hand the kingdom back to God. Often, the phrase is a part of a longer name that tells of the relationship between Jesus and His Father, like the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it is also the name, God and Father, of us all, according to Ephesians 4, 6 and our own God and Father. Few Old Testament names of God include the word Father. Similar New Testament names for God are God and Father, God our Father. There are several other Greek names that speak of God as Father, and we're going to look at some of those in a minute. There's multiple scriptures, the six that I said, but I'm, we're going to look at a couple specific ones. 1 Corinthians 15:24 says, Then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God and Father, when he was, has abolished all rule and all authority and power. This is talking about Jesus. When he has completed his task of making all rule of power and authority submit to God, he's going to hand the kingdom of God that was given to him by the Father back to the Father. Then Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit. Just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So we see there in Ephesians that God is the Father of us all. But not only is he a, he's not an absentee father. We are, can call him Abba. Abba Father represents sonship. God has called us to be his sons, which are the word there in the Greek means mature ones. It's not male or female. It means it's talking about maturity. And there's three levels of sonship or maturity. We're not going to go into those right now. Mark fourteen thirty six, And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Now this is Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knew that he was going to die. And it was such a severe burden that it says he even, when he prayed, he, he sweated drops of blood. And it was in that garden 
during that most desperate time that he cries out to his Abba, his daddy, father. Galatians 4, 6-7 says, Because you are sons, or matured ones, children of God, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So just as Jesus was had an intimate relationship with the Father God and called Him Abba, Daddy, because we are in Jesus now, we too can say, Abba, Father. Romans eight fifteen through 17 For you have not received the spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. An heir is one who receives by lot. In the Messianic usage, one who receives is allotted possession by right of sonship. Since we are in Jesus, we receive all of the inheritance of God because of Jesus being the Son, and we are also now sons and children of the Father. I like what David Kuzik commentary says about this particular passage and I'm going to read that for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption living as a child of God means an intimate joyful relationship with God not like bondage and fear demonstrated by the law or by earthly fathers I'm adding that a child of God can have the relationship with God so close that they may cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy. We cry out, Abba, Father. It is easy for us to see Jesus relating to the Father with this joyful confidence, but we may see ourselves as disqualified for it. However, remember that we are in Christ. We have the privilege of relating to the Father as Jesus does. Subnotes. In the Roman world of the first century AD, an adopted son was a son deliberately chosen by his adopted father to perpetrate his name and inherit his estate. He was no whit inferior in status to a son born in an ordinary course of nature. Under Roman adoption, the life and standing of the adopted child changed completely. The adopted son lost all rights in his old family and gained all new rights in his new family. The old life of the adopted son was completely wiped out, with all the debts being canceled, with nothing from his past counting against him any more. When you study this passage, it says that when, they, when, when Jesus used that phrase, Paul Abba, Father, and the word adopted, he was doing it with a full understanding of the Roman adoption of the day. So we are, our old life has been wiped away, all of the debts have been canceled, and we are now in a new family. Beloved, 
I put, pronounce, invoke, place, and set the name of God and Father upon you. Beloved, on this Shabbat, give thanks to Yahweh. Sing praises to God Most High. Yahweh is the portion of your inheritance. He is making known to you the path of life. He is turning his face to you. His countenance upon you brings fullness of joy. In his presence there are pleasures forevermore. I say, in these days and at this time, you must become a skilled warrior like Benjamin. Although not all of you are called to be on the front lines, you are all called to be skilled in war. Some will war on the front lines, while others are called to train the next generation. Some of us are called to do both. But as Benjamin was all, but as Benjamin, we all must be those who know how to use the weapons God has bestowed upon his church to defeat the enemy and expand his kingdom. I say, the Spirit is present to imprint upon your hearts the understanding that God, Elohim, Yahweh, is your Father. You, beloved, do not need to live in fear or in bondage, for you have been adopted into the family of God. You now have the best, most thoughtful, caring Abba, Daddy, there ever was or could be. Let His love overshadow you and fill you with inexpressible joy. I say, let the healing balm of Jesus be placed upon you and heal you from all the woundedness, the abandonment, and the rejection that you felt from your earthly father. Abba, touch each one. Heal them. Let them know how much you love and care for them and that you are a true, loving Father. I say, not only have you been chosen to be adopted into the family of God, but you are now an heir of the greatest inheritance of all time. Earthly inheritances cannot compare to the riches of heaven. Silver and gold belong to him. Whatever you have need of, it's already available and at your disposal. So call upon him. Your old life of lack and disappointment had been wiped out, all debt canceled. You are now a child of God, the joint heir with Jesus Christ. I say, you are loved, adopted, an heir in the family of God. Abba, Father, is watching over you. Thank you for subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this podcast.